There is a podcast for everyone out there, but from the viewpoint of the male executive assistant, not so much. So here we go. Hello, ladies, and hello, gentlemen. Welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Brickwood, and I've been an assistant for more than 20 years. Being a man in what is decidedly a role filled by women has put me in some insightful, some hilarious, and certainly some very unique situations. During this podcast, I plan to share many of those experiences, as well as some of the tips and tricks and the do's and the don'ts that I've learned over the years, which is my way to bring a new perspective on an old profession. Whether you are a receptionist, a secretary, an executive assistant, somewhere above, below, or in between, retired, starting out, or mid-career, I hope that you find some enjoyment and something interesting from my ramblings. So please join me, ladies, and of course the gentlemen, as I bring you into my world, the world of the male admin, on my podcast, Hello Ladies, Perspectives from a Male Admin. Welcome back. It has been a very busy week for me with events almost every evening and not much time to relax. So I'm keeping this week's episode rather short so that I have some time to rest and regenerate before going into the next week, which is full on into board reporting season. In this week's episode, I talk about my early experience using the new Microsoft Outlook and my first impressions of Microsoft Copilot. I'll also be taking a bit of time to talk about how return to work has begun to impact productivity, at least how it's begun to impact my productivity when it comes to booking of boardrooms. Following on my closing from last week and the list of suggestions from ChatGPT on topics, I have selected the following topics to be featured in future episodes. A day in the life, which I will revise into a week in the life. Interviews with fellow executive assistants, which I will be putting out feelers to some admin friends to see if they would like to be part of this podcast. Navigating gender stereotypes, something which I end up doing daily, but don't really realize anymore, and so I'll take some time to delve deeper into this topic. Remote work challenges and solutions. I've touched on this previously, but we'll be expanding on the challenges and rebranding it to Return to Work with Hybrid Remote Work Challenges and Solutions. Professional Etiquette and Protocol. I will feature this a bit more broadly, but I haven't yet determined how, and it may become a recurring feature from episode to episode. And Celebrating Success Stories. Again, I will add this likely as a recurring feature as I come across suitable stories. But now, I bring you into my world, the world of the male admin. This past week, my organization began a rollout of Copilot to a trial group of employees. I've come to call this the Copilot Pilot, which alliterates nicely. I am a part of this Copilot Pilot group, And though I haven't had a chance yet to fully experience the benefits of this AI tool, I have had the disappointing experience of using the new Outlook. In order to use Copilot in Outlook, the new Outlook is required. 
Initially, I was excited for the use of this new Outlook, but within minutes of opening it, I was already getting frustrated and disappointed. To begin, the global address list is no longer accessible from within a message. In what I will call the classic Outlook, you could click on the To field in a new message and open up the global address list, or GAL, to select multiple names. And if you're setting up a calendar invite, you could click on the Room field to select multiple rooms. The new Outlook, at least in my initial impressions, does not have this functionality. Instead, it gives you suggestions when you start typing in the name of the recipient or the designation of the room or the resource. While this is of itself not an issue, it reduces my personal productivity, especially when I want to select multiple rooms. For example, when I'm checking to see what rooms might be free for different points in the day so that I can schedule around the use of the rooms already, I can't do this the new way as it only suggests times that I have selected in the invite. So the way I would normally do it would be I would filter the list down to the building and the floor and then select the five or so rooms I'd like and then look at their availability in the scheduler and then adjust my meetings accordingly. In this new method of selecting the rooms though, I have found that this ability is lost. Perhaps it was just not available to me, or perhaps my Outlook hadn't fully updated yet when I was trying it. But as one of the first things I noticed, it soured my experience. Another thing with the new Outlook is the appearance of the message list. Now, to be fair, I didn't spend a lot of time looking to tweak the visuals, but the initial view was cluttered and not intuitive. With grouped message conversations, it's not clear whether the messages are flagged or just unread. The appearance for an overdue flag and the appearance for an unread message appear to be the same. The compact or preview views have some limitations as well, given that they are rather cluttered. And when you're opening a conversation tree, you need to click the arrow to the left rather than just being able to use the keyboard arrow to expand it. I'm a mixed-use person where I use both keyboard commands and mouse clicks to navigate around, so depending on your usage of keyboard and mouse, this may or may not be an issue for you. All of this aside, the whole point of me switching to the new Outlook was to test the functionality of Copilot, and, well, I was disappointed. The only functionality of Copilot in Outlook is to compose a message text after you've already opened a message to start and to summarize a long email trail. I'm sure that these are very good uses for some people, but for me, both of these functionalities are pretty much near to useless. A more useful functionality would have been to ask Copilot to find available times for multiple people in a calendar, or even to have the ability to reschedule meetings or schedule meetings directly from a message. Perhaps these things might eventually make their way into the new Outlook, but they're not there yet. That being said, given that this was the only use of Copilot in the new Outlook, and my level of frustration at using said Outlook was not worthwhile for this singular functionality, and after only two hours, I switched back to the classic Outlook. 
Copilot within the Office Suite has limited functionality so far as I have experienced. It is primarily situated to act as a language summarization tool using a lang large language model. Drafting reports, creating PowerPoint presentations, and analyzing Excel data are all very useful and time-saving abilities, but not yet at the point where I'm concerned over Copilot becoming everyone's admin. I'm planning to make this a semi-regular feature on the podcast as, my, as I maneuver my way through Copilot, and I will be taking notes and reporting back. Whether I use Copilot to take those notes, I don't yet know. One challenge which has recently crept across my work is the booking of boardrooms. My organization is now requiring that those below the position of director to be in the office for three days a week, while those at director and above begin for four. While I have mixed opinions on the viability of this, I am more focused on the use of infrastructure given this requirement. In our office, we do not have assigned desks. It is all open space, first come, first serve, non-bookable desks. Some of our offices have designated areas for certain teams, while others do not. But the teams based at the offices where they don't have a designated space have settled into certain spaces. One of my primary pet peeves with this arrangement is that nearly none of the senior executives have offices including my own. Only the top three executives have designated offices and an office space, but everyone else has either to book a boardroom or schlep in with the rest of us. Which brings me to the challenge, booking boardrooms. My role requires that I attend various offices. My company has different buildings and different offices, and each one has different capacities and different access restrictions. Some have an easier time finding available boardrooms, while others have more challenges. Given the nature of my executive's position, I book them a boardroom for the majority of the day so that they can take their meetings in privacy. This has begun to cause some issues and some consternation among other admins at certain offices. I have no issues releasing a room if I'm able, but when my executive has meetings with her direct reports or her boss, those need to be in private, so I book a room. I was recently challenged on why I had a room booked for such a large block of time, and I explained why, giving exactly those reasons. I offered to release the room during certain times if I could juggle some of my executive meeting, executives' meetings around, and if that would work for them but that offer was neither accepted nor declined, which is where I have my opinion. While there is a requirement to come into the office a certain number of days, and executives who, by the necessity of their roles, need to take meetings in private, some type of a room will need to be booked for them. If we had swing offices for executives, for example, I would be happy to book one of those instead, and then leave the boardroom free for others to use. But given that they aren't, I can't. At one of my previous companies, we did have offices which could be booked for certain levels of positions, but at my, certain or at my current organization, we don't. 
So I wonder if the powers at be would have taken into consideration these things when requiring people to come back to the office, because we do not have enough desks for everybody to be in the office, nor do we have enough boardrooms for all of the people who are in the office to be able to take meetings with people who are not at the office. Desks, meeting space, and wasted floor space could be significantly better if the powers that be were to look into it and ask the people who have to use it. I'm hopeful and optimistic that things will improve, but I'm also a realist and realize that these things cost money, new boardrooms, for example, or offices are renovating space to reduce the amount of waste. And there's always a resistance to do these types of things. As a side note, my team is relatively large, being almost 30 people, and we do not have a boardroom available for our own use. Other departments admins have large boardrooms, sometimes two or three, which they can book themselves and which can accommodate 20 or more people, and these are at their exclusive disposal and not available to be booked in the system. So if I'm looking for one of these rooms, I can't even look it up in the system. I have to email them and ask if it's available. We don't have this boardroom, and this is another reason why I'm routinely booking boardrooms for a full day, because for others to be able to have meetings and to do their work, there is nowhere else to do it. I realize that this is likely a divisive topic, and so I'm curious to know what others' views are on this. So please feel free to send me a note, and I will cover this again in a future episode. And I will also provide an update should I get challenged again on booking meeting rooms for a full day or for significant portions of it. Well, like I said, this week's episode was going to be a short one. Nevertheless, I hope you found it interesting and enjoyable. I haven't yet determined next week's topic, but I will have some time during this week to work on it, so I might even be able to put out a teaser in advance. Just an update from last week's chat GBT feature, and I have discovered that one of my colleagues has the subscription version of chat GBT so they can access version 4.0. Remember how I said version 3.5 could not understand lineage? Well, 4.0 does. When asked the same question, who would be monarch if Queen Elizabeth hadn't been born, the 4.0 version correctly supposed that it would have been Princess Margaret and her descendants. So I suppose there is still hope, or fear, depending on your method of interpretation, for generative AI. The weather in Toronto this past week was conflicted, much like myself, and we had snow and rain and below and above freezing and not a lot of sun. So that seasonal depression is likely kicking in for many of us. But I have a happy light from my mother that she gifted me, and it helps when I'm working from home, as it's meant to stimulate natural light. When I'm in the office, though, it's more of a challenge to keep my spirits up, so I listen to some good music. I work on a crossword or a Sudoku. I found that these keep me lively and keep my brain functioning. I also have the advantage of being able to have natural light as my desk in one particular office is quite close to a window. 
So this brings us to the end of this week's episode, and I'd like to thank you for continuing to join me on this journey and for joining me in my world. So until we meet again, have a wonderful week. I hope you get some sun and no rain and no snow. I'm Jonathan Brickwood, and this has been the perspective of a male admin.